Hello, this is JR, and you're listening to I Got Your Six Podcast. In this episode, we'll be talking about race, something serious, things that um, that happened a couple of days. But first time that I want to talk to you about is now. It's moto time. Listen, what motivates me should motivate you. Listen, when you wake up in the morning, wake up with a positive attitude. Step out, step out on your, step out with your right foot then your left foot, or step out with both feet. If you step out and you stub your toe or anything like that, and you step out on a chaotic day, your bait, just take a deep breath, relax, and go, I'm good. Just relax. Because remember, you know, those things right there will spiral out. If you wake up positive, your day will be positive. If you have one negative added, one negative thing that to set you off, take a deep breath. And think of something positive. And that should do it. And that will get you to the point to where that can make you a little better. Now, here's an African proverb. When the master of the house lacks wisdom, the doctor's work is useless. That's an African proverb. Remember that. Okay? That's a good, good proverb. And also, the word of the day is believe. Meaning, you need to believe in yourself as I believe in me. He who believes shall succeed. That's the way to do it. Have a millionaire mindset. And that's what you should do. Keep your mind on the prize. Think of success and be successful. And, oops, remember this. Work until expensives become cheaper. That's a millionaire quote. And remember this. Rich people, poor people. Rich people act poor. Poor people act rich. Remember how the way they spend their money. My daddy always says, I do believe in luck. The harder I work, the luckier I get. My daddy always says that. And never quit your day job while conquering the world. That's my daddy's philosophy. I like my daddy. I like my mama better, but... My daddy always has some always words of wisdom that just, you know, things that inspires me, but inspires a lot of people. Now, let's begin. Now, a couple of days ago, I happened to I happened to be going somewhere and and I was out and about and you know, and someone asked me, someone said do you ever get um, racially profiled because I'm a person of color? And I go, all the time. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. It's like a 50-50. I try not to, I try not to put myself in that environment where I am profiled. You know, so I try to be positive. I try to not think of the negative undertones like... Um, I was with someone and the person used the N-word and he wasn't a person of color, wasn't black or brown. I didn't look at him like I wanted to beat the crap out of him because I knew that he was ignorant. So I just, I, I overlooked him and I just told him that's a bad choice of words. I said, if you're going to use that word, don't use that around me. Use it when I'm gone. 
And he was just like, oh, no, my... No, my knee, my end, my end. Why? What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? You my, you my end. You my answer. No, I'm not. He says, then what are you? I said, I'm a person of color. Yes, but I'm an American. But before that, I'm a United States Marine. So I'm a U.S. Marine. Because also, let me tell you something. If you go to Africa, Africa do not believe. Africa do not recognize American, African-Americans as being Africans. Oh, they say you, your ancestors from Africa, but they say you're not African because we don't have the same mindset as they think. You know, over in Africa, to go to school, they have to pay to go to school. Here, we go to school for free. We don't have to pay for it. It's free. But over there, they got to pay for it just to go to school, to get a good education that we take for granted. Weird. It's weird that we take it for granted. You know, I remember I went to a, I went to a, um, I went to a small boutique. It's like one of those, like, like a, like a, not a major box store or anything. It was a boutique store. They were having like, they had a bunch of clothes and jewelry and stuff in it because I was getting something from my girlfriend. I wanted to get her something, and I, when I walked in, and I wasn't dressed like. With Timberlands or saggy pants and, you know, white tee looking like I was straight thug or something. No, I was dressed normal. I had a pair of slacks on. Had my, had my low shoes on. My black, my black shoes on. Black slip-ons. You know, I looked decent. And, and I walked in. Did you know that lady literally, place was pretty medium-packed. A lady walked around the whole store. Asking me, can I help you? And I, and I was like, well, I'm looking something for my girlfriend. She says, well, what are you looking for? And I'm like, well, I don't know. I heard I got recommended to come here. And she was like, well, um, and I go, I really like this. How much is this? She says, you probably can't afford that. And at the time I was working, I was a salesman. At the time I was working, at the time I was working, I was a salesman. You know, I was a salesman and I was also a Marine. I was in the military and I was a salesman. I had a high tight haircut and I was a Marine. At the time, my girlfriend, before she became my wife at the time, she was my girlfriend. And I was going to get her something just to be, you know, and that was, you know, in California. And I was getting her something. And the lady literally made me feel uncomfortable. She just made me feel unnerved. Because she, nobody else in the store were walking around. She just followed me because she assumed that I was going to steal. I pulled out my Navy Fed. I pulled out my, I pulled out my Navy Fed credit card because I had a Navy Fed bank card. And I'm standing there and I'm like, I want this. And she was like, well, that's kind of pricey. I said, well, how much is it? She says, well, it's really expensive. And the other lady said, it's $85. I was like, oh, I got enough. I hear her take my here take her take my Navy Fed card, and she was like, "Oh, Navy Fed, what branch of service?" The lady just said the other lady grabbed my card and went to ring it up. She said, "What branch of service?" I said, "Oh, I'm a Marine. I'm up I'm up in the mountains. I'm a Marine. I'm up in the mountains at Twenty Nine Palms. I'm up at Marine Corps Air Ground Combat Training Center, Twenty Nine Palms, Macaxi. Oh, my husband's up there. <clears throat> my husband's up there. He's a Marine, and my brother's up there. He's a Navy corpsman." Oh, and then I was like, and we got to talking, and the lady's like, oh, her tones changed once she found out that I was military.
Because the other lady was like conversating with me like, oh, wow, who's your husband? And I said, who's your husband? Oh, my husband's a master gunnery sergeant, such and such at um, such and such unit. Oh, that master guns. <gasps> oh, don't tell, don't tell master guns. I Don't tell master guns you saw me. Because, <laughs> oh, my God. I was like, don't tell master guns you saw me because I was supposed to not be down here. I snuck down here. I did my field day and everything because he was in my, and her husband was my master gunnery sergeant in my unit. And if you know military, then you know the unit stuff. That's what, no here or there. But he was my master gunnery sergeant. It was a small world. Seriously. Yeah, it was a small world. And that was one of those things. No here or there. But the thing was, the lady went and changed her tones. Well, I paid for it because I had the money. And I got her the gift, and it was a wonderful gift. She loved it. It was yellow because her favorite color was yellow, and I got it for her. But then another time, I remember another time I was I was in my car driving from the, from the state of – I was driving from Missouri where I was visiting family. I was in my car driving from Missouri going across, the, going across back to California to the military base. And – and as I drove through, I drove through Texas because I, there was a, you know, I, at that time we had, we had, I had a set of MapQuest or Google Map. I had a map book, a book that you buy and it, and I found this short route. There was a short route that I ma- mapped out that was easy for me to go through. And I cut through Texas. It, it cut off a lot of the time for me. So I cut through Texas and then I cut through Texas. I was coming through came out of the past through this one area and I cut through Texas. I got pulled over by this, um, by the state highway patrolman and a county. Both of them pulled, the county pulled me over, the state highway patrol assisted. And when they pulled me over, the first thing they did was they asked me where am I headed? Because I had California plates and I was like, I'm headed, I'm headed back home. It was like, where's home? I said, California, headed back California, and he's like, you got driver's license and proof of insurance and all that stuff. I gave him, I reached over, I, I reached over, and as I reached over, the guy pulled his gun on me. Guy pulled a gun on me. Just that quick. He reached out and pulled his gun. I was like, I'm getting my insurance for you. I handed him my insurance. Then he asked me, you got driver's license? Um, I said, yes, but I'm sitting on it because I noticed the gun. I said, I'm sitting on it. Can I reach down and get it? I'm talking to him, and he's like, yeah, but he had the gun on me. Still had the gun on me. And I reach over and I hand it to him. And he goes. He runs my name. No warrants. No priors. Insurance was good. Everything was current. The first thing. The next thing he said was. His partner pulls up and says. I know you. This is what the cop said. I know you. That local sheriff says. I know you. You've been through here before. Never been through that area. I know you. I've seen this car come through here. The car that I had was a California rental. So probably had been through there. I've seen you with this car coming through. And I had all the papers on it. And he was just saying, I know you. You've been through here. He goes, in my line of work, people with California plates are, are transporting drugs. Do you mind me searching your vehicle? And at that time, I was military. I already had anything in the car. I go, go ahead and search it. Search the car. You're more than welcome to. All I had in the car was my garment bag, 
was in the back seat and my shoes. He reached, he looked throughout my whole car and then I happened to, because he asked me to get out, I got out, he looked through the car and when he looked through the car, he looked on the side, he said, sit down, sat down, another guy pulled up, black guy, this black guy got out, had a big old hat and then he... I thought, well, okay, this black guy's going to be pretty cool. You know, another brother, another African-American. This guy's going to treat me a little more more refined. Black guy walks up and said, he's, he looked like Trudeau from Walker, Texas Ranger. And he said, how you doing? So where you headed? Hey, boy, where you headed? And I looked at him when he said the word boy. And he was a person of color. He said, boy, where you headed? I, the first thing I wanted to say, because I was a Marine, I wanted to literally wanted to choke him but i just like headed home i was like sir i'm just headed home and where's home california we're at in california i'm headed to 29 palms california 29 palms california there ain't no place in california called 29 palms that's exactly what he said he said there's no place like no place called 29 palms in california i said yes there is it's a small town it's in San Bernardino County. There ain't no place like that. I would know. I know. California. Ain't no place like that. Then I go, and I'm sitting there. I'm like, in my, under my breath, I said, whatever. He goes, we're going to search your car. If there's any drugs in this car, you know, you're going to go to jail. Because right now, I think you're guilty. I know there's drugs in this car because, see, I know. You look. Because cause the way you talk to me tells me you were hiding something. So they look in the car. They reached in, pulled out a little bag, a little tiny gram bag. And the gram bag was a white powder. I was military, so, and this car was a rental. And the car was clean before I even got it. And on my way back, I made sure I had nothing in the car. He pulls it out. Which he had on black gloves, black leather gloves, and he pulls this out baggy, and he goes, "Look at here! Look what I found! Look what I found! Look what I found!" And at that time, I had an old Nokia cell phone. Those were the old, not a smartphone. It was an old Nokia, little amber screen cell phone, where you can just you can't text or anything. You can just make a phone call. And no voicemail, you know, stuff like that. You can talk. And I had good, I had like about, I had a, I had like 4,000 minutes because I saved my all my minutes. So you, 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 you didn't have unlimited talk. You had to pay by the minutes. At the time I paid by the minutes. I had 4,000 minutes. I knew exactly how much I had. And I was sitting there with my phone in my hand. And he popped that bag in. He said, look what I have. Look what I Look here. And he just turned around and said, wow, wow, wow. Somebody's going to jail. Is it yours? And the first thing I said was, where'd you find it at? I said, excuse me, where'd you find it at? Well, I found it right there in the back seat. Hmm, where at in the back seat? Where at in the back seat? He said, right on the floor, right here. I said, nope, couldn't have been there. He says, why is that? I said, because, I said, because there's two reasons why. And he kept telling me, he kept telling me to, um, well, you need to shut your mouth. And I said, well, I'm going to tell you why that's not mine. He says, nope, I don't want to hear any excuses. I know it's yours. It's in your car. I found it in your car. I said, there's a problem with that. 
and he kept would not let me talk. Finally, the first officer that was the local county sheriff that searched my car came back after running my name and stuff. He's all like, get up, puts me in cuffs. And I go and I go and I stopped and I, I said, hold on one moment. Unhandcuffed me. And then the cop was like, yeah, you have no priors. He comes over. You got no priors. Your, your record's good. We ran your name. You're good. And we did nationwide. You're good. And he goes, well, we found, I, he, before he even said, we found, I found a bag of cocaine in your car. I said, excuse me. I said, excuse me, sheriff. And he goes, yes. When you searched my car, what'd you find? Didn't find anything. When you look on the floor and everything, what'd you find? Nothing. I turned around. So whose is it? I said, excuse me. Uh, excuse me, officer. Whose drugs is that that you found? Because he just looked in my car. And I'm pretty much thinking that that officer right there, that that sheriff right there is a man of integrity because he's a fine, distinguished sheriff of this county. And I know his record is probably flawless. And he's an honest person because I know law enforcement. And they're pretty much honest. So whose is it? He looked at me and was like, well, it was in your car. Well, he just searched my car. So you're calling this officer right here, this sheriff, a liar. Because you said, because he said he searched my car. Because he did. He was the first He was first on scene. You know, after that, that guy kept going back to port. The sheriff said, well, I looked and I didn't see anything. And you found that? And I said, well, I need to, I need to be unhandcuffed. He says, why? Because I got to call my CO. I got to call my, I got to call my CO. When I said CO, they thought I meant, that black, that black officer thought I meant corrections officer. And he was like, what do you got to call your corrections officer? No, I got to call my company, my company commander, my CO, my company, company officer. That's my company commander. Got to call him. So the other sheriff, the one that searched my car, he unhandcuffed me. I grabbed my phone. I hit the phone. I called my CO and I told my CO I'm about to go to jail for drugs in my car. And he said, why is there drugs in your car? Don't ask me. Don't ask me, sir. My lieutenant colonel asked me, why are there drugs in your car? I don't know, sir. It's a rental. He says, really? Let me talk to the officer. He gets on the phone. He says, how much did you find in the car? Uh, whatever he said, because I know my CO asked him how much did he find. He told him a little baggie. He says, where was it? Back seat. Okay. Are you taking him to jail? They said, yes. He says, I'll be down. Go ahead and, go ahead, go ahead and arrest him. I'll be down. We're, his lawyer's coming, and we're bringing we're bringing the lawyers down. So he was like, he he said, we're done. And my 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 CO hung up. And he said, what happened? He says, uh, he was like, he didn't say anything. The black guy was like, oh, he didn't say nothing. I said, I know my CO, and I know what my CO said. My CO said he's calling the lawyer, which is the JAG lawyer, and we're getting a military lawyer. There's four of them. There's two in California, and there's two in the state of Texas. Because there's a military base here. There's an army base here. Trust me, we'll get it. We'll get into army lawyers first because they're JAG. All JAG lawyers, judge advocate general lawyer, lawyers are lawyers. Military lawyers, no matter what branch you are, they got your back. So, and I'm sitting there going, okay, we'll just wait for the, um, we're not talking, we're waiting for the lawyer. And, we're, and we weren't that far from a military base. I'm sitting there and I'm sitting there and this sheriff goes, this other officer goes, standing there. He's like looking through my stuff. 
He pulls out my uniform, saws my rank and everything, and saw how clean it was. He's like, also, you are going to California. You are in the military. I said, yes. I didn't lie about that. Had a high type. He goes, well, you know what? Have a nice day. You can go. And the other officer was like, but I found, he says, doesn't matter. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Marine. I apologize for what happened. You're on your way. Get on your way, Marine. All right. Call your CO. Let him know. We're good. Have a nice day. Just go. Marine, just go. Drive careful and be safe. And thank you for your service. And he let me go. I didn't understand why. I never questioned it. I got in my car. I drove. Got, got to a gas station. Down the road to the gas station. Pulled over. Called my CO. He was getting the JAG lawyers and stuff. I told him another officer, another, another police officer just told me to go. He told me, have a nice day, and he apologized and said, thank you for your service. My CO said, okay. He called everybody off, and that was it. Now, that was a time that was, that was just like one of my worst times when I was in the military, you know, you know, as far as racism. Now, when I got out of the military, oh, I experienced racism left and right because I worked at places where they treated me like a dog. They just talk, they treated me like I was a slave and stuff like that. You know, I worked at companies where they treated me like a slave. I had a boss that called me boy and called me, um, come here, monkey. But because I needed that job, because I had bills I had to pay, I could not quit. Because there were no jobs at the time, and I had to take this job because I had bills and I had my son. Because I had my kid with me, and I had to pay. And I needed, and I had to, I had to, I had to accept the ridicule and racism. Sometimes you may, sometimes you have to do those things. You know, some people say, well, I would quit. But when you got bills to pay and you got a kid to feed, sometimes you got to put, you got to swallow your pride and you got to just do those things. But those were just things about me when it came to racism and stuff. It's not, you know, it's not as bad. I mean, I'm pretty more today, like now. You know, if, if it happens, it happens. I'm more calmer. Back then, I had a, I was a smart mouth. I was a hothead. But as I got older, I'm, you know, I'm a little bit older now. I'm more wiser. I kind of learned to use my brain. I think before I speak. Back then, I spoke before I thought. And a lot of times, I would, I would mouth off to a person in law enforcement because I was just young and, and hot-headed. But I'm a little bit older now, so I'm a little bit wiser, a little bit more smarter. So I don't do those things anymore. So I'm good. But let me tell you something. If you experience racism, no matter in what kind of form, it should not be tolerated. If you are in a job and you can't find another job, there's no other job around where you're at and you're experiencing racism, what you need to do is document everything. Once you document everything, then you need to write a letter to your state employment office or county employment office or your state governor. Write a letter to them or whatever country you're in, mayors, governors, whatever you are at. You need to write to them and tell them, hey, I work at such and such place. I'm experiencing racism. This is what's been going on. And document it. Don't let no one know. Don't tell people. Because when you tell people, it gets back to that person. And then let the state come in and investigate. Document everything. If you can document with audio on your phone, audio it on your phone. And get it get it on audio. If you can get it video, that's great. But if you can't, get audio. 
and then forward that over to them and let them deal with it. Let the EEOC, the Equal Opportunity Officer, at almost every state, countries, whatever, they're, they're people that help you. They got lawyers. Trust me, they'll help you if you got experience racism. If you are experiencing sexual harassment because you are a woman or a man, it should not be tolerated. But if you work in a field, if you're in a place where it is happening, document. The best thing I can tell you is document everything. Because when you document everything, it, it protects you. Because it's your word versus your boss or your big boss or whoever that person is, whether you're a man or woman. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Her, sexual harassment doesn't matter. It's not, it's not a gender bender. It doesn't matter if you're a man or woman. I don't care. Some people say it's always women. Sometimes men get sexually harassed. And, and men don't report it because they're a man. It doesn't matter. Document it. Paper. Document. Get a calendar. Put on like May 9th. She did this. Or May 8th. Or May 29th. He did this to me. Document it. Date it. Get a notebook. Write a journal about what that person did. If you can audio record it, audio record it. That covers you because then you forward that over to the EOC because when push comes to shove and they're and they going to start looking to fire people because you're making trouble because you're saying this, they're going to look at how long he's been, how long he or she's been working for the company, and has anyone else ever filed a complaint? If no one else filed a complaint because they're afraid and you're the only one, you know what? My hat's off to you. Become that rebel. Stand up. Be that rebel. Because guess what? If no one else is willing to stand up and be that rebel, be that rebel. Sometimes you may have to lose your job to become that rebel. But then you file that class action lawsuit. You sue that person. You civil sue that person for the way that person treated you. You do what you got to do to get justice. Trust me. Justice will come. It takes a long time. Trust me, because if that company has a bunch of lawyers, they'll try to they'll try to make you look really, really bad. He or she will try to make you look bad. Just keep think positive and be patient. It'll come at the end and it always works out, you know, and it does work out. You know, those were just some of the things I was talking about when it came to racism and stuff. But, you know. I just wanted to put that out there because that's some things people were asking me about racism. And it, and I, it happens. But it's good. It's okay. Just remember something. One other thing I wanted to make this before I go. I got to say this before I go. When I was a young teenager, I remember I was a waiter. I was going to work, catching the, the mass transit, going downtown to the restaurant where I worked at. And I was standing there getting ready to cross the street when I was coming up to cross the street. There was a crowd of people and I was standing there walk, watching, wondering what's going on there. I was like, oh, a parade. But it wasn't a parade. It was the, the, the Knights. It was the Ku Klux Klan having a rally. Not the Aryan Brotherhood. At that time, it was Ku Klux Klan. They were having a, they were having a rally, marching. And this guy walked by me. I mean, he was just straight Klansman, had his shirt on. He said, he said, he said like this, I'm white and I'm proud, you know, and he was like, and he just spitting all that racial and all that hatred and all that xenophobia stuff. And I mean, he was spitting all that stuff. And as he walked by holding up the rebel, holding up his flag, the rebel flag with the KKK on it and, and their logo and stuff, he walked right up towards me, going by me. He literally just. He just 
spit dead in my face. He hit me dead in my face. And standing there was this police officer. And this police officer looked at me with this look of, I know what you are about to do, but just don't do it. That's what he said in his mind, and that's what he thought about. He thought that I he thought, he looked at me, and with his eyes, he said, I know you want to do it, but don't. Please don't. And I didn't. I just went like this and said, ooh, lotion. I, and I, I smiled, and I said, thank you. And I walked away. And I backed up and walked away. People around me said I, sh- I should have hit him, but I didn't. Because you know why? I turned the other cheek. Because at that time, I was a hothead. And I didn't want to go to jail. Because I was about to go to work. And I, I, like, I like making money. I like to be on my grind. More or less on your grind than anything else. Well, I got to go. And I got to pay some bills. So, stay tuned. Stay strong. And Godspeed. This is JR. And I'm out. And be positive. Okay? Be really positive, and if you are experiencing racism, go. And if you are being treated wrong, get out and just go. The job is treating you bad. You're being harshly treated. You're being racially profiled. You're being treated. Just get out, okay? Till next time, all right? I'm out.